Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. Hi Lauren, I'm Charles. What's up? We are doing American Beauty today from 1999. Yay! Uh, yeah, yay. I love this movie and I saw that it was streaming. I think it's on Netflix, Prime, Pluto, which is free, I think. So yeah, this would be a good time if you have not seen it to go see it. But I mean, I'll just get like the little bits out of the way. Sam Mendes is the director written by Alan Ball, who also did True Blood and Six Feet Under. Yeah. And something. Is there anything else that people would know him from? Um, I think those are like his two main things besides this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say, because this one is definitely like a big one. Um, And then I have to say cinematographer is Conrad L. Hall, because the cinematography is like is out of this world. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So I think like he should be mentioned like right up along the writer and director. This premiered September 17th, 1999. I mean, Charles, like what, what is up? What, what's, what's your like <laughs> history with this? This is 99. We were 16. Yeah. So, um, this, uh, this would have come after this would have came out of like approximately, 16 to 17 days after I started at uh, the high school that we both graduated from. So I was coming off of a year in boarding school and um, I had, I had somehow lived and um, I, um, and I, and and as soon as I came out the other side, I swore revenge on everyone. Um, And so um, this came out my mom asked me, do you want to go see this movie? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, um, Oh, you saw it with her. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I started winning not, really i i don't really like to do a lot of research when i see movies i kind of like to go in blind if i can mm-hmm. and um even it, now yeah yeah oh okay i mean i'll like watch a trailer or two but i don't want to do like a lot of like, research or anything oh i see um, and um i i didn't really know what to expect and i, I like I, I loved it. I, I just loved the characters and the cinematography i thought the writing was fantastic and um this was you know, this is um, this is like came out the same year that like Blair Witch came came out. Yeah, so it was ninety nine was, was, was a was a great year. So it was like American Beauty and Blair Witch references constantly. Like, also, Fight Club. I mean, yeah. there literally is an yeah. entire podcast about films that came out in ninety nine. It's pretty incredible. Like The Matrix, like and yeah. pretty groundbreaking films came out in ninety nine all at the same time, and it was like this real end of the millennium kind Mm -hmm. of vibe yeah so like it i have to say i do think 95 is a stellar year for like 90s films but i definitely think 99 is like probably unmatched yeah yeah absolutely it's really Um, good this uh i'm trying to think this is also the year that like the hurricane came out with denzel washington oh yeah about that boxer who's like falsely like convicted of murder i think Mm -hmm. Um, i haven't seen it but yeah i know of it yeah, it's, I think it's based on a true story, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is just like a great year for like m- m- movies and um, like... Virgin like, Suicides, Cruel Intentions, 10 Things I Hate About You, Eyes Wide Shut. Like, it just like, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was also the year that like The Sixth Sense came out. Yeah, like all and, these like, big movies. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, this is also the year that, like, Boys Don't Cry oh, was yeah. released, and, like, Magnolia, and stuff like that, so, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was it a was really good year. Ni- uh, American Pie? 
Yeah, yeah, American Pie. Yeah, which was great. like a huge, yeah, huge cultural moment and like uh yeah yeah i'm just thinking like there's i'm just googled like 99 movies it's nuts like yeah. it's there <laughs> were so many movies that came out go another one of my favorite movies oh being, that's great being john malkovich yeah another great movie like it, it was kind of, we were really lucky we did not know <laughs> yeah i um this is 1996 was probably my favorite year for music and like 1999 was probably a close was probably my favorite year for like movies like oh so wait what why is 96 your favorite year for music oh it was just um i you know i I guess it was just sort of around the time that i kind of became like self-aware you know and i started saying you know started being a little more proactive being like i'd hear a song on the radio and be like i kind of like that i want to know more about this person who's singing about having one hand in her pocket <laughs> so yeah, yeah i have to say that mine would probably be like i mean the thing about it is that i got the nirvana tape pretty early mm-hmm. and like never mind and i remember being really fucking young but i definitely still was listening to like more pop and like hip-hop for some reason yeah so i got more into rock i think around like 94 it was like right around like like uh early spring right before Kurt Cobain died okay. because there was a girl in my class who had a neutero and she was like playing it all the time and I went and got it and then like got other like grunge bands and then I remember like after he died there were like a whole bunch of like 95 was a good year that's when Alanis came out or Alanis that's, right. that's yeah. when Jagged Little Pill came out I remember specifically watching her on that Grammys and like running out and getting that the album so I guess I was like 90 it was like 94 but yeah, okay. that's that was. But yeah, I mean, it was all so good. It didn't really matter when you got into music in the nineties. Yeah. It was always <laughs> a really good year, even on the radio. My uh, mom had like a pretty good taste in music, so a lot of the stuff I sort of already like kind of knew about, like through her, because she was really into you know like Ten Thousand Maniacs and like oh, you know, nice. and you know and, like Neil Young and like the Counting Crows, and you know she she, she, she was always like really into you know, like Bob, Bob Dylan and stuff. So, um, Oh, cool. Uh, me yeah, and my mom have yeah. totally different music tastes. So I, everything I had to kind of discover on my own and what she really liked that I like got into was like show tunes <laughs> from mm. like various Broadway <laughs> plays and just like musicals and like old films. Like she would show me a lot of old films. So a lot of them weren't very music centric, but she likes jazz oh, cool. and things like that. But I just, everything that I found, I kind of like was on my own listening to like 99.1 HFS and making yeah. like radio <laughs> tapes and like, oh, and listening to love line way too young. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, um, yeah. You like knew how the sausage was with me when you really didn't need to. <laughs> yeah. I, I was very freaked out very early at like 13, 14 about like STDs and like people getting like having really tra- like traumatic childhoods and having it come out in these like abusive, toxic, like teenage relationships that I was like listening to at 13, like 11 PM, like on yeah. my radio. There, I, I remember listening to one episode of Loveline one night before bed, and this um, like w- woman called in. She's like, "Yeah, me and my girlfriend have been together for about like six weeks, and like the thing is, our sex life used to be really hot and heavy, but now it's just dead." And this was the first time I learned about the phrase "lesbian bed death." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was in Queer as Folk, but I didn't know that was an actual thing. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. This is just what this like 
Oh, well, maybe almost. then. If, yeah. <laughs> if that was the 90s and she said that, like, Queer as Folk was, like, early 2000s. That was a TV show. I thought they just made it up for the show. But maybe it's oh. a real term. Like, if you heard it on Loveline, <laughs> like, the 90s. That's so funny. Yeah, it was kind of like sex education, I have to say. Um, and, of course, we found out about Dr. Drew and how kind of, like, allegedly weird he is. Um after because he had like celebrity rehab which i feel kind of exploited celebrities substance problems i mean it, it it's 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 kind of shady honestly like, yeah it, i mean i just yeah i it just seemed kind of weird but back in the day he was just like the qualified doctor on the line yeah. and then adam carolla who again is now like kind of sort of right wing a little bit um yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he's more on the right side. But he's mm-hmm. very different than how he came across on Loveline in the 90s. He was very, like... It was the 90s. He was, like, kind of, like, the crass comic. Yeah. I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, so he would, like, kind of make fun of, like, people's problems, but then they would be, like, serious. It, it's really hard to say, but there's a, actually a website um, that has all of the old archived episodes, and he- I've downloaded a few of them. Yeah, he was, like, there to kind of, like, lighten the mood and keep things, you know, like, fun. But he he would, like, kind of pass the, like, baton to, to Drew if, like, the tone kind of necessitated it. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was good. They, had, they would have guests, too, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like, so a lot of bands that I liked. And I would tape their episodes. Like, I would make a tape from the radio. And I, one of my favorites was Real Big Fish when they were oh, on wow. and a lot of times they would like do tell stories about other bands they toured with. It was when ska was really big. I think it was like 97. They would talk about like, they just played the weenie roast, which was this like big kind of rock, like radio rock festival in LA. And at the time I was like, Oh, I wish I lived in California. You know, no doubt was, was just popping, you know, it was like return at like, tra- no, it was like tragic kingdom time. Like it was just cool. And they would have all these mm. really cool celebrity guests and they would like do like an advice line. It was, it was cool. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, it was um, cool. So oh, let's but, see. Oh yeah, what's so, up? So what about uh, your um, int- introduction to this film? Okay, I think that I rented this probably in like if this came out in '99, probably like 2000, because okay. it wasn't. I definitely saw it in high school. I had it on tape, and I still have it on DVD. Um, and I also have to say that you are you, Charles, are credited for getting me into Six Feet Under, which is an incredible show. That's good. It's, it's really good. It's so good. And I can't, I mean, I think we're going to do, I just like texted you about this earlier and I was like, we should do like the first episode or like the pilot for Patreon. Yeah. Um, there's a really good uh, six feet under podcast out there called like, we're still not over six feet under. If anyone out there is a fan and has seen the show, it's one of the few shows I have to say that has a complete perfect stellar record. Like there is not one bad episode in that show and it ends beautifully. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It, it's, it's so good. It's, and it's written by Alan Ball. So it takes place about a family who runs a funeral home and you would think it's really mm-hmm. morbid, but it's so intelligent and so layered. And it, yeah, I think you, if you kind of like this podcast and like the movies that like all of us talk about, I think you'll, you'll enjoy that. that yeah. Movie, that show. I my- mean, it's on HBO. It didn't happen very often. My favorite parts were the episodes where, like, um, where, like, the, their world of, like, the dead would occasionally cross paths with, like, Hollywood and stuff. You know? Like, it, it was rare, but it did, like, happen. Um, and it was, it was just, like, so... It was just, like, so un, unexpected and just, like, weird. You know? <laughs> like, Wait, I lost you for a hot second. You said when there... When the death world oh, would... 
Oh, so like when like you know the world of like you know the the fishers who w- w- run a funeral home would occasionally like cross paths with like you know H- Hollywood, you know, and like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it, is, yeah, it is really cool because I think there was like that one episode where like the death of the episode was like that actress who OD'd or something. Um, oh yeah, and, and uh, Sean Hattesey was in it. Yeah, yeah, that's I remember right. they didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And oh, and that one was like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Federico's fiance. Oh, it was right. like her sister was an actress on that movie, and they yeah, were like, right. we yeah, we were all trying to pool money together. Yeah, it was really funny because she's like an actress. She's like a budding actress. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like when when the deaths would cross into like their world, like mm-hmm. it was someone that they knew. I think later as the show got further on i think it was it was like closer to the story it wasn't as yeah. obscure as it was in like seasons one and two which is anyway we're gonna like you know never mind yeah. <laughs> forget about it forget all of this just go watch six feet under and then that was like <laughs> i think 2001 to like 2006 i think yeah, was that good. show um and then after that he did true blood uh alan ball yes. he wrote true blood uh sam mendez is married to what kate winslet I believe so, yes. Yeah, and what has um, he done? Well, he directed Kate Winslet and Leo in this movie. Um, uh, oh, Revolutionary Road. Yes, yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. Which, um, which um, I like saw, saw in the theater and I actually really enjoyed. Yeah, um, it, it is really good. Um, and um, I think that was like the first time he had directed. And I think it was, well, I think it was specifically the first time they like reunited since titanic so everyone was like kind of freaking out oh um, shit <laughs> so, just to let and, everybody know i'm not reviewing titanic on this podcast i do not <laughs> like that movie i'm not a titanic person i mean and i'm on the opposite end i like watching about approximately every like six months just to remind myself how good it is do you really yeah oh shit oh okay yeah. i had no idea yeah i am not a, a titanic person i've watched it once but i have like nothing to say about it okay um but yeah it's just like because a lot of people are very like super pro titanic like i didn't realize it until like the age of tiktok and i see like people making like fan cams of leo and i guess at the time i was really salty that titanic eclipsed romeo and juliet and that's what leo became known for because romeo and juliet was like my life and i Mm -hmm. kind of had like an issue with like that coming out the next year and blowing it out of the water and people like kind of forgot that he had done Shakespeare. And I was like, but, but, but (laughs) he was Romeo (laughs) who cares about that dumb guy on that boat who died or whatever on that like rock or door or whatever the fuck he was on at the end. (laughs) And I was like, but he was in Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes and it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's how I I felt about it. I just really love, love the costumes. So in which uh, one in, in Romeo and Juliet? No, in Titanic. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember um, them. I just remember them like work clothes of like the 20s. I don't, it's, I don't know. And, uh, I don't know. I, 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 yes, I, 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 I just really like it. But To anyway. quote Buffy from uh, Scream 2, you got a hard on for Cameron. When <laughs> 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 she says that in the film class. Um, yeah, Sam Mendes also did uh, Road to Perdition after american beauty and he did jarhead and he did away we go and skyfall and specter so those bond movies and he also did 1917 which was that film that just came out oh yeah that that was actually really good yeah i heard that was really good 
Um, and then Empire of Light in 2022. That's the most recent thing that oh. it has on here. Um, so yeah, I rented this movie. I saw it. I loved it. I mean, I love Thor Birch. I love uh, Mina Suvari. Wes Bentley. Hello. This is like one of his debut performances into like, you know, what people know him for. I fucking love him. I would let him ruin my life in this fucking movie. I um, I had forgotten how sexy he was like um, oh, during geez. during that whole like there's so much beauty speech like I know he, he, he is like so hot he is <laughs> like, so hot there's also another moment where it's it's something it's just the eyes man he has those like really like <laughs> blue blue eyes that just like mm-hmm. like really piercing um but yeah I really like him and I was just like oh Ricky I forgot how hot Ricky is and Peter Gallagher. I know, I know. Yeah, um, I mean, we all know about Kevin Spacey. He's a fucking shitty person, apparently, in real life, but he's a really talented actor, which is, yep. I guess that really says something, because your job is to lie constantly. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> that is your job, so um, no wonder, right? Like, all these people were finding out that all these celebrities are like, they ain't shit, and it, guess what? They've been lying to you our entire lives. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. been their job every three months. They're just lying in another way, so okay i mean i can't imagine this movie without him in it because he just plays this kind of like weasel type guy so well yeah um just because it just i don't know it just he but he also plays that like really fucking intimidating guy really well as in he did in seven as he did in usual suspects and yeah. has won fucking oscars for it and won an oscar for this like he i mean house of cards like he, I mean, he knows how to inhabit a character really well. Um, he just seems yeah. to be kind of um, shitty. I, um, I like. Have you done the Usual Suspects yet on on your? No, that's. I want um, to. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, because I haven't done it yet. Because like that m- moment when you find out, like <sighs> when when you know, like he basically spoiler alert. Skip ahead desk. thirty seconds if you've never seen Usual Suspects. Well, but if you I, haven't, fucking go watch it right now. I, 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 I'll, I'll try not to reveal too much, but like the, the moment when like you know like the, the end. Like, the act of, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like it's 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 one of those things that's just like so chilling and just like <sighs> sticks with you like um it does. the last like 10 minutes of that movie are just like edge of your seat yeah you're just like yeah, what great. the fuck did i just watch what is going on it's it's pretty great i mean it's mm-hmm. it's one of the greats it's one of the greats of the 90s i mean yeah, absolutely. It, it has to be i feel the same way about seven the last like 10 minutes of seven you're just like oh my god like when yeah, you get I, to that moment i remember the first time i like truly sat down and watched it and i was like Cause like it's one of those movies that like its reputation precedes it like so mm-hmm. by so far that it you it, when you it's rare that you're able to actually sit down and, like enjoy it, you know mm-hmm. and you know and I um I remember the first time I sat down and, like truly watched it I just I just like sort of got lost in, in the story and it was just like it was done so well and I it's just, incredible like, yeah, yeah it was great it's incredible I mean it's David Fincher who is an incredible director, but that's like one of his early ones. And it's like Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt just work so well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love also that it's kind of Morgan Freeman's film. Like is. he is so present in it and he, you just, his character is so interesting. And the fact that it's like the day that he's retiring, he gets this like massive case. Like it's just, yeah, it's just a, it's also a really great story too. It is just it the is. way that it unfolds and, and just the crime and like the noir and like the horror kind of of it. it. It's really good, but I'm a big Fincher fan. I mean, some people aren't, but I mean, yeah, if you're a Fincher fan and you haven't seen seven, we did it like so long ago. Cause it's one of my like favorites. 
So yeah, I did it like a super long time ago. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's move on to behind the scenes. Okay. What did you get? There's a lot. So, um, mine mostly has to do with like casting. Um, oh, cool. But um, what's the Oscar buzz? So for Rotten Tomatoes, this has an 87% from critics and a 93% from the audience. 87? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like kind of low. It, it, I, it could be a little, little higher. I, I, I guess I could see like areas where they could kind of. Really? Like, this like, movie's like no notes. And even yeah. like the studio felt that they didn't infringe, I think on the content much at all. It was just like, this is written beautifully. Go make it yeah like i don't think i don't even know how you could improve this i mean i don't i don't either i was just trying to think of something <laughs> to say but like <laughs> yeah because um, i think it's pretty like yeah it's pretty amazing so uh this movie was nominated for eight oscars wow and one and one five um it was one oscar win away from being only the fourth movie to win like the big five at the oscars which is like best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, both leading roles and like a best screenplay award. Oh, wow. And, um, and the only person who didn't win that year was Annette Benning because this was the year that um, Hillary Swing won for Boys Don't oh, Cry. Oh, fuck. That was a stacked year. Yeah. It and was. supporting was Angelina, right? Yes, it was. Girl Interrupted was, was another yeah, great one from 99. Um, I, I personally would, would have liked to see a lot more of the supporting um, performances in this movie yeah. that have been nominated to like I think you can either Jenny was incredible I didn't even realize that was her yeah no I was thinking you could either go Allison Janney Thor Birch or mm-hmm. Su- Su- Suvari or and then on the guy side you could go like Chris Cooper or Wes Bentley yeah totally I mean, either one anyway um, but other movies nominated that year for Best Picture included The Cider House Rules. Okay. Isn't Toby in that? Toby Maguire? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the one with like Toby Maguire and like um, Michael Caine. And that's the one where. <laughs> Michael Caine. He, um, that's where he, he like stands in the door and he says, Good night, you princes of Maine, you, <laughs> you kings of New England. <laughs> like that. Um, um, and then also the Green Mile. Oh God, this is a tough um, year. Yeah, and then um the other two were the Sixth Sense and the Insider. Wait, the Sixth Sense was nominated for Best Picture. Yes, I don't agree with that. I mean, I mean, I I guess this this was the first time that we got introduced to M Night Shyamalan. And wasn't you know, the Village before this? No, I think it was after. Oh shit! Was the Sixth Sense his like foray? I, yeah, I think it was like his first movie. Or just oh, his, like, wow. His like de- 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 debut. Um, and this was Sam Mendez's debut. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, um, okay. And so um, um, uh, uh, um, other people nominated in Best Leading Actor along with Kevin Spacey were Denzel Washington for The Hurricane. Oh, wow. Sean Penn for Sweet and Low Down. Oh, I haven't seen uh, that. I think it's a Woody Allen movie. Oh, um, okay. And he, I think he plays like a jazz guy or something, or like a musician. Or okay. Something. Um, and I think it's interesting because there's an um, there's an actress in it who uh was also nominated that year who basically has like a 
um, like a wordless performance. Like oh, she cool. Did, doesn't speak. Um, oh, cool. Anyway, um, also Richard Farnsworth for the for the straight story. What is that? That's um, I think that's a movie about a guy who drives his tractor across country to visit his his strange his his like his strange brother. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. It's you know it's like I think it's I think it's like a Disney movie. It's supposed to be all about like you oh, know I see. Being, you know being a triumph of the human spirit or, or something. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> not then, dark enough. Not dark enough. For yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> and then um, the last person was Russell Crowe for The Insider. Ugh, I don't like Russell Crowe. Well, I mean, I don't really like him either. But I've heard The Insider is supposed to be like a really good movie. I've never really like sat down and watched it. What is that about? Um, I thought it was about the guy who was a whist- whip- whistleblower for like the tobacco industry. Uh, um, wah, wah. And <laughs> I, 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 I think like Christopher Plummer plays like m- plays like Mike Wallace from s- s- Sixty Minutes. Oh, that's um, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I've heard I've heard it's supposed to be good. Um, okay, and then the. Uh, and then the um, nominees for be- for um, the additional nominees for best original screenplay that year included being John Malkovich, Magnolia, okay. Okay. the the Sixth Sense, and this movie I've never heard of called Topsy Turvy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then American Beauty. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, this this movie is like written. I mean, the the script is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So there is a additional like plot line that may or may not have been um like uh I guess it, it wasn't shown in, in the movie, but I guess there's a um I think there there was one draft of this movie that ended with uh Ricky and Jane being indicted for Lester's m- murder <gasps> because they what? were framed by because they were both framed by the colonel. Shit. Um, <laughs> so wow. And I heard that, I mean, I think they went so far as to, like, film this possible ending, and they showed it to, like, test audiences, and I remember was like, what, what, what was that? <laughs> like, yeah, like, where did that come from? <laughs> Why are they, like, Bonnie and Clyde all of a sudden? I know. And also, they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so, um... And what happens to the colonel? He just gets away with this? I mean, I guess we don't really know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, how weird. Yeah, thank God, no. Thank God yeah. that was scrapped, yeah. Um so okay, so you know the famous poster that the, is like associated with this movie where it's like, you know, a gr- girl's hand on like her stomach and she's like mm-hmm. holding a rose. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that is not Nina Subari's hand and that is not her stomach. I knew like, that. <laughs> I knew that. It's so and funny. not only is it not Nina Subari, it's actually a composite like like collage of two other people uh-huh um, so which is which i just find to be ridiculous um so and um i think the other i think i think they're supposed to be actors who are like kind of famous now too yeah it's um, Chris- one of them's christina hendrix oh okay from mad men <laughs> oh, wow. um and i forgot who the other one is but i know one is christina hendrix okay yeah it's kind of funny um so, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Seth Green were considered for the role of Ricky. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about that. 
Do you I, uh, think? I don't think Seth Green could do it, but I think that uh, Jake could. I, I I think Jake could too. I think that this was sort of a role that needs to not be associated with like someone people knew, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I'm sort of glad that they went with who they did because I frankly think that Wes Bentley is like perfect. Yeah, he um, is. So, um, in addition to that, uh, the um, role of Carolyn was offered. Um, I'm sorry, other actors considered for Carolyn were Kim Basinger, Helen Hunt, and Holly Hunter. Annette Benning was fucking perfect. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I actually, I actually think Helen Hunt could probably do it too. Oh yeah, um, yeah, she's pretty good. Um, okay, and like Meryl. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what could she not do? It says I um, beat Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> um. Other actors considered for the role of Lester included oh, um, Tom. Yeah, who Hanks. else would you? Yeah, who else would you recast if we were taking out Spacey? Um, who would I recast? I mean, uh-huh. I don't. I mean, I frankly think I got the casting right the first time. I think I think Spacey's like perfect. Yeah, he is pretty good. Who else was considered? Uh, okay, so Tom Hanks, Chevy Chase. I actually no. would I actually would kind of be interested in seeing what this movie would what a version of this movie would look like with like Chevy Chase in kind of a dramatic role. Well, like, that's true, yeah, because I just never think of him as dramatic. I think of him as comedy. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure he could do it. But I think like he had like a policy where like he wouldn't he would only do like family movies. So he was like really into the whole like vacation. Oh yeah, know, like, like Griswolds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like National Lampoons. Um, mm-hmm. Um, is National Lampoon a person? No, I think it's like a... Oh God, people are screaming if they actually know what it is. <laughs> I think it's like a... I don't want it like a studio or like a... like a, Okay, I'm going to Google right now because I have no idea. If, okay. it's like a, if it's like a movie studio or like... Oh, it's a it's an American humor magazine oh, that okay. ran from 1970 to 98. So it's like Mad Magazine or like Cracked, like one of those. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> Sorry, um, everyone. I had no <laughs> idea what the fuck that was. Sorry if you came out be- if you existed before 1983, you didn't exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what the fuck this was. Um, yeah, so other people included Kevin Costner, Jeff Daniels, John Travolta, and Bruce Willis. No. Bruce Willis yeah. is too hot. How is he going to be like this schlub? Yeah, because Lester's supposed to be kind of like, you know, this like loser who, you know, doesn't really you know fight back and yeah looks like he has too too much fight in in, in him you know <laughs> like, it's very much this i found this film to be very similar to fight club yeah absolutely. Um, i had a lot of notes about that about how like this male ego this male like transformation and he reminds me a lot of the narrator in fight club like mm-hmm. even the way that his uh firing quitting scene is exactly like yeah. how it is in fight club it's just not violent but it, yeah. like the actual action, the way he's like blackmailing to get out and kind of like, you know, fucking the system is mm-hmm. like very much like it's a different it's like a more suburban view of the like change, the like change yeah. that like men go through sometimes and like their kind of like life crisis, mm-hmm. like midlife crisis. Um, the other one was like a quarter life crisis, I guess, in Fight Club, because he was a lot younger. Yeah, like he wasn't like family and like all that. But I guess he was. How old was he supposed to be? Like late twenties, early thirties, maybe in Fight Club. 
yeah I possibly so. i guess yeah and this guy's like what 42 dear god yeah. <laughs> my first thing was like he's I mean, 40 fucking two it's not even I mean, that far from us <laughs> i mean i think they both play like a really good like neutered male who's kind of like castrated by like society and time you edward know? norton and, i mean both both him in like and like lesser in american beauty yeah like, they I mean, do they do um, I feel like Edward Norton, possibly older, could do a film like this. He yeah, was just a little yeah. too young in '99. That's why he was doing Fight Club. Um, so um, Jessica Biel apparently was offered the role of Jane. Um, Thank but, God that didn't happen. Jesus. But um, it, it it didn't happen, and we got who we got. And let's not spend time thinking about what could have been. Thank um, you, Aaron Spelling, for not <laughs> letting her do this because apparently he's the one that didn't let her do it. Oh well, thank because of Seventh that. Heaven, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then finally, um, um, the following actors were considered for the role of Angela. These included Kristen Dunst, Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Gellar, Allison Hannigan, Brittany oh. Murphy, uh, K- Katie Holmes, um, and um, also Mahandra Delfino, who played Maria on Roswell. Oh, geez, your favorite, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Um, <laughs> Um, and then also Kate Hudson, and apparently Tiffany Amber Thiessen, um read for the role but didn't advance to the next step. Oh, <laughs> so. that was a real specific shade <laughs> trivia. <laughs> Everyone else was like considered audition. Hers was like she didn't make it past the first call. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> she never got the call back. <laughs> like yeah, the other um, ones may have made like the yeah. final rounds. <laughs> Yeah, um, consider showing some depth, Tiffany. <laughs> Valerie. She was doing Valerie. That's what she was doing at that time. Yeah, yeah. Or so ending. That's all, so that's all, all that I have. Oh, cool. Um, all right, to add to the Kirsten Dunst note, I have that she actually turned down the role because she didn't want to be kissing uh, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and she didn't want to play his like like lustful object. I think she said, "Ew, covered in like uh, roses and like kissing Kevin Spacey." She was like, "No thanks." <laughs> so I find that actually really funny to add on. Um, okay, so IMDb gives us an eight point four out of ten. I also find that suspiciously low. That um, but and but I don't know. Maybe people downvoted it because of like you know a spacey and everything. Who knows? Um, budget was fifteen million, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's a lot. That's- yeah, I mean... It's DreamWorks, um, too, the studio. Um, exec yeah. produced by Steven Spielberg, if anyone didn't know that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, awesome. it was, like, had a lot of, like, backing uh, with it. And box office in the U.S. was 130, 130 million, which is a lot. Like, this movie did a, like, this movie felt like, I think what was so cool about it is that it felt like a studio movie that was made, like, an indie Mm-hmm. And it was made to be like very dark, very smart, not like in just like really intelligent in a way that we hadn't seen and a really yeah. kind of interesting look at American life mm-hmm. and like what's expected of you. And Fight Club's the same way. There were actually a lot of movies like this. I mean, The Matrix is the same way. It's all like kind of challenging uh, you know, like cultural norms and really getting you to change your like knowing that you can change that there's something else past what you're yeah. like supposed to do. So that was a big thing because obviously the millennium is ending. We don't know what 2000 is going to be like. Y2K was like a whole thing about, holy shit, we're going to like die because our computers are going to fuck up. So it was very much like this big thing ending and like a new 
you know, era of change was coming. So yeah, it's really interesting how all of these movies have like the same, the same kind of vibe, like the same kind of like looking to the end of something. Yeah. Um, it's really neat. So, so yeah, and, I, I find that really cool. Yeah. Because we had like, you know, we had like um, the, you know, Y2K and then also beyond that, the looming specter of like, you know, 2012 and like the Mayan calendar, you know? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. That was like apocalyptic. Uh, that was the worst apocalypse ever. It like, really I mean, was. That was like a a dumb one. They really like there was a movie about it. Like there was like a movie 2012 where not, they were just like, oh my god, we're gonna fucking die. Not just a movie, but it was like the same people who did like Independence Day. Like, I mean, yeah, it was like that. It was like, like that's what we really thought. They like spent a significant amount of money, and I think like. What, what the apocalypse was that, like, you know, the Yellowstone supervolcano blew up at the same time that California slid into the ocean. Like, <laughs> literally slid into the ocean. <laughs> oh, so. my God. Yeah, it came out in 2009. And, let's see. I mean, you would think that they would could at least wait until 2012, right? It would have to come out then, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love the description. Earth's billions of inhabitants are unaware that the planet has an expiration date. With the warnings <laughs> of an American scientist, world leaders begin secret preparations for the survival of select members of society. When the global cataclysm finally occurs... Failed writer, played by John Cusack, <laughs> tries <laughs> tries to lead his family to safety as the world starts falling apart. So uh, a failed writer is like the knows that he's not going to be one of the ones saved. So he's like, "Fuck, what are we gonna do? <laughs> like, we have to like we I have to save my family because I'm just a failed writer." <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I didn't see this, but apparently it made uh seven hundred and ninety two million at the box office and it cost two hundred million, so it made a fuck ton wow. of money. Okay. Yeah. So I mean well I can I can talk shit about all, all I want, but it's Yeah, totally. But like, people like, went to go see this, I guess. <laughs> I mean I mean I went to go see this too, but Oh you did? Oh I never saw oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah. shit. Was it like good though? No, it was horrible. <laughs> oh, was it like disaster porn? Was it like there was a big disaster porn uh, era of the '90s that bled into the 2000s as well? <laughs> oh yeah, well, I mean, if you went, you know, looking for disaster porn, I mean, you went to the right movie because it was like everywhere. Oh okay, um, it was like there's also a new one that came out, something about like geostorm, like it's like this oh. crazy <laughs> storm that's like everything's happening all at once, like blizzard, yeah. drought, like it, like it's like all happening. Yeah, it's like it's fucking nuts yeah you, you know in college i took a class called nothing but disasters and that is so cool <laughs> and that sounds so, like a, a a class that would be in a gregor rocky film oh yeah no it was cool so <laughs> it was taught by this geology professor and we basically learned about all these natural disasters we learned about volcanoes we learned about earthquakes we learned about meteor impacts we learned about tsunamis it was just it was really cool and so wow. We, um, and so like, um, it was fun because you got to be like creative. She'd be, she'd be like, okay, you know, your homework for this weekend is to write a short story about a character who like survives a natural disaster. So like, yeah, yeah. And wow. so um, it, it was just really fun. And then, um, for our final exam, she was like, listen, I don't want you to study anything. What I want you to do is come, come to class and we're going to watch a movie. And, um, what your job is to do is to write down everything that Hollywood got wrong. <laughs> oh that's dope 
And so we didn't know what movie we were going to um, do until we got to class. And then we get we get there, and the movie we're doing is The Core, <laughs> which is What's that? A, which is a movie with like Hilary Swank oh, and God. Aaron Eckhart. Oh and, no! And something <laughs> happens like where the Earth's core stops spinning, and it causes basically the Earth to kind of start to break down. So oh, they send God. this like this like giant centipede type you know, device down into the earth piloted by Hillary Swank. And their <laughs> job is to get the earth's core spinning again. What? For <laughs> yeah. two hours? This, like, yeah. could this ever happen? Is this even possible at no. all? No. 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 Not at all. <laughs> but it actually had, like, a lot of people in it. It had, like, Stanley Tucci. It had, like, oh. Delroy Lindo. Um, it oh, had, like... Shit. Um, there's and um, Delroy Lindo's death is like very harrowing. Like it's one of those things that you know you don't really anticipate like crying over, but like in class people were like losing it. They're like Delroy, like um, when Galdoff fall, or Galdoff is it like when uh, Gandalf fell off that cliff in like the set in the two towers? Yeah, and I mean, you're like he, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean he basically died a hero's death. Oh. <laughs> or like Dallas in, yeah. in Alien. <laughs> Move, Dallas! Move! Move! <laughs> uh, we did an episode on the first Alien. Go check it out. It's in the backtrack. Uh, I'm doing Clockwork Orange with Jai this month. I'm fucking scared. Oh, fun. I don't know when we're doing it, but we're doing it this month, everyone, so don't don't worry. But yeah, it's like Jai's favorite movie. I'm like so scared because when I saw it, I was like, this is weird and scary and I don't get it. So I'm like watching it again. This, this should be cool. God, how fucking weird. Okay, let's see. I have just a few more. Okay. Okay, so Alan Ball thought about this and like thought about this idea for the film while he was outside the world trade center in like, I believe it was like 1998 and he saw this plastic bag blowing in the wind. And that's kind of what started this. That and he insp- plastic bag. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Which also inspired that Katy Perry song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's, uh, he originally wanted it to be a stage play. Which, okay. I, which I find really interesting too. Um, another kind of weird thing is that Thora Birch was like barely 17 when she did this like topless scene in this movie. Um, because she was underage, she had to get her parents approval, which she did. And her dad was on set the day they did this. And there were like child labor people there. It was like really crazy that all these people yeah. were there. But well, she and- said, oh Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say, at least it was, like, monitored, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, like, some shady thing. Yeah. Um, And she said that she felt that it wasn't gratuitous in the film, because she's like, this would actually happen. Yeah, Like, this would happen with, like, uh, your high school boyfriend, if they lived next door to you. Like, it just would happen. So it wasn't, like, something that didn't need to happen, and same... I believe that this was her first, obviously, her first nude scene, and I think it was Mina Suvari's first as well. Oh, um, interesting. Because she's like, I don't know how old she is. She might be like 18. Okay. Or 19. She's a little bit older than Thor Birch. Because she had um, appeared in American Pie by this point, right? Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know which one came out first. Let's see. Did American Pie come out first? It has to have been oh, like a summer know. movie, I, I would think. I've oh, no. Seen... American Pie was... Um. Oh, wait. No, that's the second one. It's 2001. When did this come out? 99 yes i got it give me a premiere date imdb let's see it came out on 
Oh, July 9th. Yeah, it was like a summer movie. So oh, yeah, okay. she was already in um, American Pie when this happened. Cool. Um, so yeah, so she had like two huge movies that year. Like this was like a real standout year for Mina Suvari, who I love. Um, let's see. Uh, so the ex-producer or executive producer, Steven Spielberg, he read this script on a Friday and then he came into the office on a Monday and he was like, let's make this movie and we're not changing a word. Good. <laughs> yeah. So that's good that he like loved it. Um, this film uh, and Silence of the Lambs are two of the only movies in the 90s that won Best Picture that were not period films. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? That's, yeah. that's so crazy. Um, and then also, did I have another one? There were a few other guys that I saw that were considered like Woody Harrelson. Did you mention him? Um, I don't know if I did. Yeah, I think he's another one that was considered too, which oh, I found okay. kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, I guess let's move on to fashion. Yay! Julie Weiss is the fashion or costume designer here. She did 12 Monkeys, The Ring, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Marvin's Room, and Steel Magnolias. Just a few. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so she did kind of a lot. Do, what do you have? What um, standouts do you have? I'm trying to think. Um, I just have a few. I don't have a ton. Yeah, I don't have, have a lot either. Um, I like... Um, I, I like Carolyn's like power suit that she wears. Yes, yeah, same. <laughs> I will sell this, this house, house today. Yeah. Um, I am not a victim. <laughs> I will not be a victim. I am speaking fiercely from the void. <laughs> she is Ruth. Like if anyone, if anyone has not watched Six Feet Under, or if you have, Ruth is like the matriarch of the Fisher family. She's mm. so much like Annette Benning. Yeah, um, yeah, like parts of her character definitely, I think, were like shaped in the way that this was like done. The fantasy aspect, which also is in Six Feet Under, um, which is really cool. <laughs> this is like a prequel. Yeah. Um. I'm tra- okay. So, the scene after that very awkward d- dinner scene. Um, which one? I- <laughs> <laughs> Literally, though. Like, which one? <laughs> like the one where, like, um, we're like. Lester is, is 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 like, well, we're, so we're, we're the one we're like they're basically edging Lester the entire time, and he's like, please just pass me the asparagus. Oh and yeah, yeah. It was like no, um, <laughs> but um, I so okay, so I really like Jean's outfit that she's wearing in her room when her mom comes to like talk to her after. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it's like um, I I I just love a good like button down flannel like over a t shirt. I just yeah. don't get tired of it. Yeah, um, same. And then um, my last fashion note is um, the, um, like I think the scene when like uh, Jean and Ricky kind of start to become friends and like they start walking home from school. He's wearing like a I don't know if you could call it a Hawaiian shirt, but it sort of looks like like a kind of a like fifties like Rat Pack shirt or something. Yeah, like, that's like, what I wrote. I wrote fifties. Yeah. I wrote floral fifties kind of shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. Excuse me. And his jacket's um, cool too. He has like an olive jacket. Yeah, that's like right. over it. Yeah. And like kind of these wide leg pants. And I love mm-hmm. his bag. He has like this leather tan bag. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I like that. Um yeah, so I think that's it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I love all of Jane's clothes. It's like I love how baggy and grungy they are, and I love that. I love Mina Subari's like she has that like knit shirt when that when she like yells at that girl like cunt 
Yeah. It's like she has this cool vest on. It's very 99 and like this striped shirt. And she just like, yeah, it's just really funny. I just find it really funny. Um, I like the girls cheerleading uniforms, how they're like green oh, yeah. and white. I thought those were kind of cool. Um, it's so weird that Jane's a cheerleader. I know, right? Like I wrote that down. It, it felt very much like Jane Lane from Daria. Yeah. Like that's how she felt to me. Um, even like her clothes and stuff. Um, I, I love Richie's outfits. Like I just, yeah, I love all of his outfits. Even like the Bible salesman outfit that I wrote down. She's like, how do you like that guy? He looks like a Bible salesman. Um, I liked it yeah. <laughs> with the like collared shirt and like the skinny black tie and the hoodie and the beanie like into yeah. it and the dickies like super into it still still am like yeah. <laughs> still wear that um so that's really really cool and i love carolyn's like crimson suit at the end oh, oh it's yeah, like that, that red which red is like a, a going theme in it and i also like thora birch's makeup she has like this really dark lipstick that she wears and then oh. mina suvari wears like the bright red which is really cool like i love how the red just shows up everywhere yeah it's just it's really cool so yeah that's all i have for fashion notes it's not a heavy okay. fashion film but it's it's really cool yeah it's, i mean the parts that are like fashion are done well yeah they're done super well um okay so music what do you have thomas newman i think is the composer for a lot of the yes original um, well, score well we have that awesome like like score um you know yeah. it's just like very like you know like haunting and kind of spooky you know mm -hmm. at, like the same time um and i'm trying to think um oh so um there's a scene when uh i think it's when carolyn confronts lester in the, in the garage and um he's like he's not, like kind of converted it into like man cave like version one 1 1.0 yeah know? it's just like um, a garage <laughs> yeah and, and he's just like well i mean since someone's using it i'm just gonna take the space um yeah but, i mean um, the car's not in there but um, there's a good cover of All Along the Watchtower by Bob Dylan. And then I was like, wait, is it a cover or did Bob Dylan actually write the song? But there's that. And then, um, and then um, I love, um, okay, so um, then I have to have that song American Woman by, by The Who. Uh-huh. Um, but um okay so is this this so is the guess who and the who the same band i think so okay i don't know let's see okay. let's find I out i don't actually know much about the who to be honest i think they are the same band okay i'm pretty sure i mean oh god don't don't fucking catch me in another question charles i don't <laughs> know um, no they are not they, they are, are a Canadian rock band. What? That's not the band The Who. Oh my god, okay. Um, okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, not the band The Who, Canadian rock band. Um, and um, I also just love that cover of Don't Rain on My Parade. That's, I, th I think, done by... I it's mean, so I think, good. I think the movie set was Bobby Darren. Yeah, I think so. But the Who yeah. is also in this in this movie too. The Seeker. Oh, it is. Yeah, is a oh, song in there. Okay. Um, and there's another, I believe, like uh, another Bobby Darren song. I think oh, okay. too. And then you have Peggy Lee with the Bally High. I, That's I like right. That. Yeah, which is really cool. And I think you have like Annie Lennox does a Neil oh, Young right. song. Yeah. Yeah. Just really cool. 
And the Don't, Don't Rain On My Parade I Love is actually listed as performed by Bobby Darren and Annette Benning. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like singing into the car. Oh, it's neat. It's really cool. But I love that like all, when Lester like has his like midlife crisis, he listens to like The Who and yeah. like all of this, uh, you know, just like super 70s shit. It's really cool and longs for the past. Yeah. Much like yeah. I do. You know, I, I've been, um, I like read this interesting thing because I've been going through the process of trying to quit smoking cigarettes lately. And How long um, has it been? It's been about three weeks. Oh, you've been, you've gone three weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, but it was sort of inspired by um, my horrible housemate who kept asking me for, for cigarettes. <laughs> and my response was, fine, you want to keep asking me for cigarettes? I'm going to quit smoking so the next time you ask for cigarettes, I can tell in so many words, I like, quit smoking so you can go fuck yourself. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Not for my health, but just to piss off my fucking housemate. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I'm doing this pure. I'm quitting smoking purely for like the mo- 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 malicious reasons. And for but, spite. Um, yeah, yeah. You're like definitely <laughs> quitting for spite. Well, hey, if that but, gets you to quit, then <laughs> but, take it any way um, you can. Have you been but, able to say no to him yet? Well, he asked me and I said, I don't have any. I quit. <laughs> did you and, say it like um, that i yeah, didn't I did. have any i quit <laughs> yeah and I, I i i was like such an asshole because i put my hands on 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 my hips no you and, didn't you know... no you fucking didn't <laughs> did you really <laughs> oh my god <sighs> um there needs but, okay, to be so... reality tv show cameras in the yellow house i hate to say it but it kind of <laughs> does but, it's like um... jersey shore up in there sometimes <laughs> but uh one of the things i read is that when you Quits is when going through the process of quitting smoking, you become the person who you were when you when you first started. So, oh, really? So, you know, I started smoking when I was in high school. So I've been kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to say like reverting back to like a seventeen-year-old Charles, but you know, it's like it's not. I I kind of get where that saying comes from. So I think it's kind <laughs> of like funny. what Lester was going through. He was like. He was like, I'm going to quit being a pussy, you know? So. Yeah, well, he said, like, <laughs> like, when he started smoking weed, he was, like, working at some ice cream shop and, like, getting laid. I was like, where are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> who are these girls? Like, who are these girls that you were like, what? Like, what? who are you slamming back and forth in all summer? Because you seem like you've always been a loser. I mean, It doesn't <laughs> seem like you ever, like, were cool and became uncool because you were, like, a suburban zombie. It yeah. kind of feels like you were always lame <laughs> and you're just I mean, now being yeah. something you never were. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird. And it's, it's mean, so weird how he says it to Ricky and Ricky's kind of like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's two grand for like a joint. I was like, what the fuck is he selling? I mean, he, you know, he, he, I guess he was like working that like fast food job solely to like pay for his weed. Yeah, so, maybe, but that's <laughs> still a fuck ton. That's a, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't say how much that was, but I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> what are you I mean, saying, dude? I mean, I imagine it's like minimum wage back in 1999, so like $5.15. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? shit. Like, I mean, that's kind of nuts. God. Well, have you even more music notes, or we can get into the meat here? Um, no, that is it for music. For me. Okay. So let's get into the favorite scenes. What What is your like standout? Since we we're already talking about like why is she okay. a cheerleader. Um. Let me start. Okay. So I guess the first notable thing that I have is um, <laughs> it's this like con- con- conversation he has with his boss when. 
he um <laughs> when um <laughs> when 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 his, his boss was like listen we, we basically saying we're we're going to screw you over but we're going to make it seem like we tried not to you know mm-hmm. so, and then um and and, and so that, and that's why you know we're asking everyone to like write down what it is they do and i feel like i've had this exact conversation with with my boss like you know every like few years for the last you know for the last like you know 10 years i worked for in, in the, the government so <laughs> really and, uh, it was like we need to figure out what the fuck you do I mean, it was more more just like, hey, I'm starting. I, I'm a new person starting. Can you, everyone, please just make a list of their duties so I get an idea of like what everyone does here, you know? And so, so it wasn't exactly, but you know, I was like, yeah, th- this conversation seems really familiar. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, I, I'm I'm just like, yeah, I'll make you a list. Uh, you know, I might leave some stuff out. Or not tell you everything because I'm. We for- still have to do office space. Yeah, because you know maybe I'm forgetful and don't remember everything (laughs) maybe you don't need to know everything that i fucking do exactly figure it out (laughs) (laughs) um um so funny (laughs) um okay and then um i I can't wait for the whole i told um susanna this the other day because she was telling me about this like old work story and i was telling her about an old work story about co-workers and then i thought about your water club and i was like we really missed out being writers on the office huh (laughs) (laughs) like these would all make great office episodes like that whole water club incident would have been like a whole like mid season arc I would have made it like a mid-season arc about the water club. Like, if you don't yes. know about Charles's water club stories, like I write it in the notes when Charles talks about it. So, like, they're in some <laughs> random episodes, but like, it's just really funny the concept of yes. an office. Well, alas, the water club is no more because we moved to an office that has like an automated water cooler, Ooh. and it's sort of like and sort of accessible to like everyone. Then they aren't asking people to pay for water just yet. Ooh, it's so, your tax dollars at work, folks. <laughs> they, exactly. they got an automatic water cooler. <laughs> so <laughs> we're paying for that. <laughs> um. So, however, shortly, shortly before the chairman of the of the water club stepped down, he um <laughs> with no one to replace <laughs> him. People were like, "No, we don't want it." <laughs> and he, he kept saying, "If anyone wants it, you know, this is your chance." And I was like, "It is. It is Brandon. It is my chance to be chairman of the water club." And <laughs> I passed on it, and I. I, and I wish I hadn't. I wish I'd stepped up and been a man, you know. <laughs> like, God. Um, but um, yeah. So Annette Benning is kind of nuts when she sung "Houses," eh? <laughs> I think this is very indicative to a lot of like housewives or real estate, uh, like female real estate agents in the suburbs who are like on speed or some kind yes. of like insane drug like this feels very like real and like rooted in reality what did you think of the house she was selling because like i didn't like it but i didn't hate it either i didn't hate it but it was it was definitely like you could tell that with that listing Mm. she was trying to zhuzh it up and she wasn't like a top seller it was you're like if yeah it needed work it seemed like it would be a good like start. Seemed like it would be like a good starter home. I think that th- those were the couples that she was showing it to. They seemed very like first house. Yeah. Um. I didn't see nowadays. We didn't really have that so much in the '90s because I just think it was a different kind of real estate. Uh, like mm-hmm. the industry was different. But nowadays you'd have like developers whose whole mm-hmm. job is like to flip it 
and like gut it and renovate it and they would easily buy something that was run down because they know they can get like so much money when they revamp it but in the 90s that like wasn't a thing it was so expensive to redo your house Mm -hmm. that it was just like that's not what people would think like those it's supposed to be moving ready essentially like i'm not really supposed to have to do a whole lot and like when those two women were like this pool you said was lagoon like (laughs) this (laughs) isn't lagoon like like about it (laughs) yeah and she's like well there's like flora and like you know there's all this stuff out here and like you know tropical and like the only thing that's tropical out here is the bugs in the pool (laughs) (laughs) she's like i can get my landscape architect over here right away no problem (laughs) and they're like no they like turn around and leave and like i mean i also like the maniacal cleaning that was like one of the episodes uh, one of the scenes i love where she's like manically cleaning the house to i get will ready sell for this the- house today yeah i will sell this house today <laughs> so funny i love it it was so good it was um, like so so good there I, I was sort of with her like up until the point when she is like showing off a fan in like the family room and it has like little like s- like slippers attached to one of the like chains that turns the oh, fan on. Oh, weird! And I was just like, oh god! I was up. I was with you up until those damn shoes. Like, <laughs> I didn't even notice like, that. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh um, wow! And then I, I just like I I just love love Annette Benning having a breakdown and like you know punching herself afterwards like oh my god like... I know I, I and I also text you at that moment and I was like I love like the middle aged woman like maniacal screaming like <laughs> yeah. breakdown that happens in like some films and TV shows Jessica Lang happens to be one of my favorite at it um, Meryl oh, Streep's yeah. another one and and Diane and Keaton I feel like they all have that like shrill yell. Um, yeah. And I was talking about Prozac Nation. Prozac Nation, if you have not seen it, it's incredible. We're going to do it for a forward flash because it's from like 2005. But it's Jessica Lange and Christina Ricci like chain smoking and like screeching, yelling at each other in an apartment <laughs> for like an hour and a half. It is incredible. <laughs> and it's like it, it really just shows like how great both of them are. Um, it's a great story too. It's like a, a memoir of this girl who had like a lot of like mental health issues and stuff. And yeah. she was like trying to figure it out in college, but she's a brilliant writer. So she like, but her mom is like dealing with this and, you know, they're like single mom, but, but her mom is like a chain smoker. So is Christina Ricci. <laughs> There's this like one scene where it's like Thanksgiving or something. And like Christina's home and, and then they're like, Oh my God. And, and she's like drunk and she like comes into the living room and she's like kind of wasted. And then like Jessica Lang is like, Oh my God, she's drunk. And they're like, she's like, yep, I'm drunk. And she's like, and then the grandmother's like, Oh my God, she's probably on drugs. And Christina Ricci's like, God, I wish I was on drugs. <laughs> and, <laughs> It's just, like, so funny. And then, of course, like, when everyone leaves, they get into this, like, screaming match. And they, like, there's one bit where, like, Christina Ricci's, like, saying something. And she's just, like, I can't be perfect for you. And she, like, screams. <laughs> and, like, Jessica Lane looks like she grabs her ears. Like, she wasn't expecting it to be that, like, loud and shrill. Uh-huh. And it was like they were just arguing like over these cigarettes. It was it was a lot. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's Prozac Nation. It's really fucking good. Um, Michelle Williams is in it too, and so oh, it's like Jonathan okay. Reese Myers and Jason Biggs. It's a really good movie. So yeah, it's okay, a really cool. really good movie. But um, yeah, it reminds me of that when she was like screaming, like freaking out. <laughs> yeah, having her freak out, which is I always appreciate and think is really cool. I mean. It's, I mean, sometimes you just kind of need to cry. And just yeah. And then you're fine, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know. get it out and then move on. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's how you can, like, move on. 
God. My, my first favorite episode, or episode, I keep saying episode. My first favorite scene is uh, Lester's introduction. Oh, like, yeah. Like, after yeah. the scene that we get of we get a clip of uh jane which we don't know the context until we find out a bit later but after we get this like short thing about jane where she's like oh my dad is so annoying like i i hate that he's like this horn dog who like looks at all the girls that i bring home i'm like that's weird (laughs) like (laughs) it's weird that you like know that you know that you're like aware of it and it's just like kind of there you know um i mean do you think that angela's like the first one or do you think this has like happened on like some level before i i don't i'm the i'm getting the feeling no because i don't think she has many close friends but the way that lester was leering at angela was so obvious it wasn't like there was something that you like didn't really know i mean we have that very like um like memorable scene where he like introduces himself to her and he's like he's just like hi 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 Jane I love your dance hi I'm Lester Jane's dad you know yeah oh it's <laughs> and, so weird and the way his eyes are like not blinking yes and he's just like hi how are you your dance was you were so good you were very precise <laughs> she's like uh thank you and then they're like what are you guys doing now <laughs> and she's like I don't know we're gonna get some pizza do you want to ride I can give you guys a ride you guys want to ride and she's like, no, I have a car. He's like, you have a car. Yeah, of course you have a car. Yeah, Janie's thinking about getting a car. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, we have to go. Bye. And then she's like, oh, that's so creepy. And I was like, he's just making it so obvious. And it's just the way I, I love that he like calls and like hangs up on her. <laughs> it's oh, God. So it's so fucking creepy. It's very Lolita. Like it, it gives yes. a very like Lolita vibe too, which I've still well, have never seen that movie because I was like, isn't that kind of like, isn't she I, like really young? I I haven't either, but I think like there were supposed to be like, I thought I read somewhere there's supposed to be like multiple like Lolita references throughout this movie. Yeah, it seems like a so um apparently it's um I mean I don't know and I've heard that Lolita is like not what you're expecting like it's like I don't know. I saw that there's one in like the 60s and then there's one in the 90s, the one with like Dominique Swain and like Jeremy Irons. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. I, I want to see it because I've heard I it's referenced in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I don't know the entire story, like I, I am judging it based on like what I kind of know about it. So yeah. I don't, I guess I should probably watch it so I can really say like, okay, no. Like if it's something I don't want to watch, I can turn it off. But yeah. yeah, at this point, like I've heard it's supposed to be a good movie though. Didn't no, Kubrick I mean, do the first one? I believe he did. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Like, um, I haven't seen too much about the '60s or '70s one. I see the '90s one all the time. And people talk but, about it. But yeah, I love that. I also love that. Like, look closer was kind of the tagline of this movie, and you see look closer on Lester's desk. Um, oh yeah. At work, you stick a little tag on that, which is really cool. Um, I love that there's just roses everywhere, and like you get these these bits of red everywhere, which symbolize so much. You like get symbolizes these, like, blood and passion yeah. and you know and then i also love like his fantasies about angela like just like the ones where she's like on his ceiling and yeah you know, like so sort of intense. that like sort of that like sort of that like hallucination she has like during the dance number which is something in and of itself um <laughs> yeah i wrote that i was like that fantasy um cheerleader scene i was like this was still definitely weird in 99 but for some reason, it wasn't spoken about. No, I mean, it was 
I mean, I, I guess it was sort of like a, it was just sort of like a character quirk. It was like something to kind of like move the story along. And I guess it did ultimately like get him to change. So. Um, yeah. It's just, it is, I guess when you look at it through a 2022 lens that this man is like, this like grown man is like changing because he I kind mean, of like wants this I mean, girl to like him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's if you say it out loud, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. But of course, as I mentioned before, Riverdale was not that long ago, and Archie was banging his teacher in the car. So clearly, there's still some kind of censor that gets by. I think the other, maybe is it the role reversal or the gender reversal that mm-hmm. made it different? But that happened on fucking Pretty Little Liars. That girl yeah. was dating her English teacher, and like I mean- in the show. I mean, Angela did openly talk about kind of being a whore, so... But she wasn't, um, though. But You find I mean, out that she was... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that was all just talk, just to make herself yeah. seem better. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, um, so, like, she yeah, she wasn't, like, that kind of girl who was sleeping with all these old men, even though I'm sure that it's been offered to her. You yes. Know? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe she's just lying about that, too. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that was sort of the sense that I got, like, is that she was just lying about everything like everything yeah Yeah. she was just so insecure and she knew that jane was like like when ricky totally read her in that room (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was like look bitch i know exactly what you're doing here i am 18 i'm a grown man i am a fucking dealer and i make money (laughs) 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 you think i do not know what's going on i know everything he has a whole fucking system he has like a whole entire like audio visual setup in his room it's very alarming it's very like sliver yeah (laughs) i'm like billy baldwin and sliver oh that i'm still so mad about the ending of that movie i know what the fuck it's like it was obviously supposed to be billy baldwin who was a killer like what was that like why oh my god we have to do an emergency episode in nine and a half weeks (laughs) which we are gonna do soon so that's coming because I, yeah, I need to talk about this movie. And it's on oh, HBO. God. Him basing your fluffy sweaters. Are oh, the thing. chunky sweaters. And the fact that Mickey Rourke doesn't look like that anymore is very sad. <laughs> like, it's very, very sad. Um, yeah, what um, what other scene do you have? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, so, um, just like some things of, just some lesser quotes that sort of stuck out. Like, mm-hmm. this is when Angela's on the ceiling and he just is looking up at her and he's just like, says the word spectacular you know (laughs) so creepy (laughs) especially knowing what i know about him now i was like oh so this is creepy but i do like the way that he i like his like delivery on how like flat he is about his life especially at at the end i I love that that quote that he has at the end it's like a paragraph Oh god it's so it's so beautiful yeah that's um... why i'm glad spielberg said don't change a word yeah. Like this is like poetry. It's like reading a book. Um I also do love the um love the Angela quote. There's nothing worse in life than being ordinary. Yeah, I like that too. Um, <laughs> My another quote is I like is uh whose car is that out front? Mine. 1970 Pontiac Firebird. The car I've always <laughs> wanted and now I have it. I rule. He's <laughs> like I rule. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that he calls uh, whacking off choking the bishop and chafing the carrot. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, <laughs> God, I was sure. like, gross. I was um, like, I've never heard either one of those actually. Um. Oh, can we talk about how hot the real estate king is? 
Peter Gallagher, <laughs> aka Sandy Cohen, for all those out there who know the OC, Peter Gallagher, but I I have always found him so hot. He he really is. <laughs> like, he was wearing a wig because he's not that gray. He is now, but he wasn't that gray back oh, in the day. Have okay. you Googled like old pictures of him? No, no, I haven't. Do it right now. Okay. <laughs> like literally do it right now. I forgot what movie he's in. Oh, there's like an eighties movie that he's in. Oh wait, it's was like, he in Sex Lives and Videotape? Maybe that's a he's like super fucking hot. Peter. He has like big fluffy hair. No, I think it's the movie Summer Lovers from like 1982. Oh, wow. he's around in 1982. Yeah, he's up there. Okay. Yeah, he's up there. And this movie is Peter Gallagher. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's like oh. literally all about like a young American couple and like a threesome on like the Greek islands. It's like super hot. It's oh, like yeah. we should do it. We should do it for a backtrack. That's cool. I, I've seen it like once, I think. I know, and like in the OC, he played like that really hot lawyer with the heart of gold. Oh, I no. know. He was like fighting for like the environment the last I left <laughs> off. I was like, I have to stop because I don't give a fuck about any of these kids. Like, I think I'm watching it too late because I just care about the parents' drama at this point. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Misha Barton and like whoever Ryan. I, I'm like, I don't, they're not enough to grab me in. And like Seth Cohen, I get it why he was really big, but I, you know, I, I missed that boat. Like yeah. I know him, I know Adam Brody, and he's cool. But I'm just like I don't. It's not. It's not the biz. I'd rather go watch Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on like a Jersey Shore kick lately, and I am just in awe of the amount of drama that these people produce. It really, it really is something. Yeah, <laughs> it's, real, it's really something. Um, oh, so I also love the scene when um, I, I guess I guess the step is that Lester has been hearing like Jane and Angela like, talking through Jane's bedroom oh my door. God. Yeah. And you know, and, and Angela's just like, I mean, he's a cute guy if he maybe worked out a bit and, you know, grew some of his hair back and, you know, <laughs> like, you know, got rid of the tummy. And he um and like as soon as she says that, she like goes like sprints down to the garage and like Ricky is like filming <laughs> him from his bedroom window. And he has this I don't want to call it a breakdown, but he he has a moment where you know, he. This is clearly a like very like you know. Uh, this is like clearly a turning point in like his his life, mm-hmm. and he strips down naked and just starts doing like pump, like curls. You know, like you know, over and over and over again, completely nude in his g- g- garage, like looking um, at himself in the reflection, saying like, of the yes. window. Yes, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> it was very troubling. It was, <laughs> it was very very troubling. <laughs> Uh, and also it was um also kind of troubling when he was like um he was like talking about it to his boss and he was like what if i throw a little sexual harassment in there too and i was like oh this is not good yeah and then he's like great. yeah i was like not great uh, in hindsight not great but i guess maybe people knew about it who knows and well well he does have this great quote when he says it's a great thing um when you realize you still have the ability to surprise yourself that is um, true. And, and I like the nope, I'm just an ordinary guy with nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's really cool. Like it's um, true. That's nuts. I also like that he has kind of a heart to heart with Angela. Yes. Like at yes. the end when we have that really sketchy. Apparently there was a behind the scenes uh, thing that I saw that in one of the scripts or one of the uh, times like scenes that was kind of cut was that he was supposed to sleep with Angela. I mean, that's sort of what I thought. Uh, sort of the, what I thought his character was going to do, frankly. 
Yeah, um, I, I kind of thought that, but then it was, yeah, I was kind of surprised when it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. had, had this been done by, you know, like a renegade, you know, in, you know, independent film director from, you know, from like, you know, Idaho, I think that that's the first one we probably would have gotten. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, if no, it was actually indie, yeah, then maybe yeah. totally we would have totally gotten that. It's just so, um, it's just so nuts that that's how he like, and he was like, yeah, I can just file a sexual harassment charge and like against you. Can you prove I didn't <laughs> offer I didn't offer to save my job if I let you blow me? I mean, it's true. Like, yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, he can't prove that. It's it's like really hard to prove that you didn't do 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 something. Mm-hmm. So like Yeah, it's um, true. Yeah. Um, but it worked because apparently he got like the greatest severance package like ever. <laughs> Same so. with the guy in Fight Club. Yeah. When he was like yeah. whistling and he got all that shit, you know, when he's like whistling when he leaves the office. Um, yeah. And I do love how he, um, how when he goes in to apply for the drive through job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like Mr. Smiley's. Yeah. Yeah. Smile. Um, yeah. Mr. Smiley's. I love her. He's like, I just want the job with the least amount of responsibility. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to have to do anything. It's, it's so funny um and then i um um i really like the scene when like angela and um like ricky kind of start to hang out and like angela's just like oh i'll walk home with you and it's just like that really like awesome shot of them like walking down the middle of the street and they you yeah. see the funeral procession coming mm-hmm. um I, I cinematography the cinematography is amazing mm-hmm. yeah it's so um, so good and like Ricky eventually leads her back to his bedroom where we get like the like infamous, you know, sometimes there's so much beauty in the world so speech. So much beauty in the world. Oh, and, God. I mean, I have to say, Ricky came off like really sexy during, during So that fucking hot. <laughs> I don't care what he's doing. I think he came off hot the minute that I saw him balancing his bank book. <laughs> <laughs> in the car and he's like subbing out taxes and then also he also became hot when he's like bursting in the room he's like if i had to leave to go to new york would you go with me and angela's like what are you talking about he's a mental patient you can't go with him this is crazy and he's like i have forty thousand dollars we're gonna be fine <laughs> I, was, I was like yeah him him like going like full-on like alpha male mode is like really sexy <laughs> yeah totally i was like i she's like yes <laughs> She's like, yes, I'll go with you. I'm like, you don't want to stick around with Angela. Then, of course, that's when he reads Angela, like, being like, why you only stick around with her? Because, like, you need someone to make you feel better about yourself. And you're, like, super shitty. I, I see right through you. I'm like, mm-hmm. He knows your number, girl. He knows Hello, it. Bitch just got burned. Right? He is not calling you up. He is out the door. <laughs> so funny. Um. So, I, I say I do also love the scene when um when lester busts carolyn and the real estate king going through the drive-thru oh my god yeah, it is funny. and um and just i mean i have to say i mean if I, I i we don't get an exact time period but i mean if lester has been saying for the last like you know six months that he's been got a job at like a you know mr smiley's place and you never bother to ask him what location he works at and you know um she then, doesn't listen when he talks <laughs> i mean it's i mean it's clearly her own damn fault that she got caught i'm sorry <laughs> like, yeah totally but he doesn't even give a shit <laughs> and um i have to say i am totally like i'm totally like 
hashtag team Janine drive through manager for the win. Oh, like, I know, right? <laughs> You're not involved. No, she's very much involved. She's the senior drive through manager. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. That's so funny. I just like, I also love just the whole, the whole like sex moment of, do you like getting fucked by the king? Yes, your majesty. <laughs> like, it was just so cheesy. It was so good. And also, I, I just love almost all of Carolyn's lines and all of her interaction with Jane because it's so fucking awful. You ungrateful little brat. Just look at everything you have. When I was your age, we lived in a duplex. <laughs> yeah. Out. And then she's just like, we didn't even have our own house and all this crazy shit shit like it's it's just like so she's just so funny how she's like jane honey were you trying to look unattractive and she's like yes mom she's like well congratulations you've sailed perfectly <laughs> like she's just really funny she's just very daria oh, dark humor yeah like um i think that carolyn's like i think i think that line about Carol, carolyn's failing like growing up in a duplex and like that additional scene when she kind of like freaks out when like her and Lester um, are like kind of starting to have a moment when, but then oh. she ruins it when she when he's about to like spill beer on the couch. Yeah, no. and I, I think that just like proves how important like material stuff is to her since she probably didn't have that much growing up. Like, yeah, oh, totally. You know, I also would have loved um, a kind of like financial aspect. Like, I would have loved that you found out that like they didn't have the money that you thought they did yeah because yeah. she was trying to project this life because she wasn't like a crazy successful real estate agent no not and at how all. much money did he make at that job because he just seemed like he wasn't a like senior executive he didn't no, have I mean, his own office it was probably no more than like 50 55 grand you know yeah so how the like, fuck is he buying a house like that and she's driving I a mean, Benz. i mean my guess is probably enough that like you know it kind of, I think she was probably making the majority of, of the money, but I think that his salary helped. <laughs> so. No, it's the other way around. Because as, as we get that amazing uh, second dinner when he throws the asparagus, which apparently <laughs> he was supposed to throw him on the floor in real life. The fact that he threw him against the wall, like both Annette Bening and Thor Birch didn't know. So those, yeah. are, like, on, those are like honest reactions. But yeah, um, cool. when he does say that, and when she's like, oh, did you ever tell me that I would be the breadwinner now? No, you don't think about that. So like, <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> so I'm assuming that he was the breadwinner before. Yeah, yeah. Because she would depend on his salary. She's like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to like support everyone, you know, like by myself? And I'm like, he just said he got a severance. Yeah. Like he's not like and not having any money. You know, and he does have a new job. <laughs> so, yeah, and he's working out you know, and bought yeah. a car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what happened to the Camry? I traded it in. <laughs> you didn't drive it anyway. I was like, oh my God. And I also like when, when he's like, when I also love when he goes, he's like over her when they're having that moment in the, in the ca up by the couch. And he's like, Christ, Carolyn, when did you become so joyless? And yeah. she's like, joyless i'm not joyless and i love how she's like there happens to be a lot about me that you don't know mr smarty man yeah <laughs> there's plenty well, of joy in my life well i think that he still genuinely cared about her to like a certain d degree yeah like, they've I mean, been together I mean, for a long time and i mean i I, th I think that she took what i th think she took that like question as being sarcastic but i think he wasn't trying to mean at all i think he genuinely meant it 
Yeah, like um, what happened? Yeah, he said like what happened to us. We used to like climb on the top of our uh, apartment and like flash the copters. Like what happened yeah. to that girl? Like where is she? Yeah, you know it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's just um. <laughs> they have this like super honest conversation about, and then she's like, "This is a four thousand dollars sofa, a poster in Italian silk. This is not just a couch." And he's like, "It's just a couch." And I like when he says, "This isn't life. This is just stuff." Like yeah. I like I like that he says that, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean. <sighs> that all that said that couch looked really nice yeah well i was gonna say i would have done the same thing like oh <laughs> at least it wasn't wine or anything yeah. but but yeah and then okay so let's actually talk about this like rampant hobophobia that okay. is like a theme and omnipresent throughout this entire thing okay. so it becomes really complex but there is the first instance that we have um, that there's a gay couple in this whole story is the neighbors or people who live across the street. It's like a gay couple. I think they're married. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. So, you, um, oh, I had a question. Do, do you, um, do they say at any point where the story is supposed to take place or are you just not really supposed to know? We're not supposed to know, but somebody pieced together that a lot of it looks like the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, okay. Including like some phone numbers that people saw, like on the real estate signs. They were like suburbs of Chicago. Okay. But it's not supposed to stay. I mean, it's not okay. supposed to say. It's not important, I don't think. Yeah, okay. Um, so we have, yeah, a couple that lives next door, and then Ricky moves in to the other side, I'm assuming. And then this couple goes and brings uh Ricky and the family like a welcome basket. Like I yes. forgot what it was, what he had in there. And the dad, and they're like, Oh, you know, we're partners. This is I forgot their name, like Larry and like John, whatever. I and think like, oh, we're both, partners. I think they're both named Jim. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, I'm not interested. Like, what are you selling? And they're like, he's like, what do you mean? Like, well, you said you guys are partners. Like, what? what's your business? And he's like, oh, well, I'm a tax attorney and I'm an anesthesiologist. <laughs> and he's like, no, but like, what do you do? And I guess he kind of is like, oh, it's like i see i see yeah and he's like well i'm a colonel like that's always like his thing i, I kind of love when he says like i'm a colonel and then like i think kevin spacey like says like uh something like welcome to the neighborhood sir <laughs> like, <laughs> looks at him all weird um but yeah so so we kind of get this impression not this impression this like obvious uh like definite homophobia with the father of ricky ricky's dad mm -hmm. and we also get allison janney who is ricky's mom who i totally did not even realize that was allison janney like this yeah. entire time i've watched it because i've seen her in so much since then but mm -hmm. she was so good in her silent kind of portrayal yeah it, she it, didn't it, say it, anything it, 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 it was done really well yeah like, she was like comatose yeah. essentially like sleepwalking through this marriage and this relationship with this super gruff military man and she's like the most submissive you've ever seen a woman like yeah, she doesn't absolutely. say anything to him and she's expected to cook and that's it like she's mm -hmm. expected to just tend to him and that's it and it's it's, it's basic it's, it's basically um like uh the handmaid's tale on a very small scale yeah it is <laughs> like he you runs know? everything yeah. yeah she has no say at, at all it's really really sad um even like up until the end you just feel bad i'm like take your mom with you i know <laughs> leave your fucking dad he has a nazi plate 
yeah <laughs> like leave him the fuck um so then he's accusing ricky of being gay and he's like really worried about the fact that he would be and it's it seems to be like a really pressing thing like he says something when he sees the gyms out jogging and he's like oh why are they always rubbing it in your face why are they always like this so he's like you know he's that guy and ricky's not like that and he's like yeah you're right dad that's awful i hate them like he does everything to appease him essentially yeah he's pretty terrified of him it's um you know it's 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 hard to watch frankly um yeah like um i mean i think that it's a it's you know a character trait that's very dominant in him he's clearly like from a very like you know like like dominant male you know like backgrounds with you know the mm-hmm. army and stuff so it's something i guess unfortunately that ricky had to deal with more than most most people so yeah and to even not have any parent at all that's like you can turn to yeah because it's like it's especially like i love when and i don't love but the dynamic when he talks to his dad like a normal person but then as soon as his dad chastises him he goes into like this military mode where he's Mm. like no sir i'm sorry do not disappoint i don't want to disappoint you dad and like don't give up on me and like yes sir i'm sorry sir like he is like super and we find out that he went to military school um because he got caught smoking pot and like the dad has to you know always looks out on like what he has and i'm like the dad really thinks that he caters and makes that much money and buys all that equipment and yeah. like tapes and stuff like it's kind of nuts i mean, nuts. I mean the, the the answer is yes like yeah i mean i guess he really doesn't want yeah. to know because yeah it yeah. just seems like something crazy so at the end we get this like there's one bit where we see like we see that the dad sees that lester and ricky have this like quote-unquote relationship like but he just thinks it's like a neighborly thing at first but then we kind of see that he knows that ricky's dating jane next door but then he also catches them he catches lester and ricky together and the way that he sees them he thinks that they're like hooking up sexually and he like loses his fucking mind and he like goes over to confront which i like the scene was just like the like intensity of it when it's like raining outside and it's like mm. pouring and like um lester's like in the garage and he like goes in and he's all wet and he's like crying but he's like it's like he it seems like at this one moment it felt like he felt free because he thought yeah. that this other man was gay as well like he is but he couldn't verbalize it and mm. i think he he starts kind of crying you can kind of see like throughout this and he he hugs um he hugs uh, Lester and he like grabs him a little bit. And then that's when he like looks at him and kind of gets that feeling like, Oh, are you into this? Like I am like I, and he makes a move on him and he kisses him. And then of course Lester backs up and he's like, Oh, Oh, like, I think you got the wrong idea. Like, yeah. and I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm sorry. Like that's not what I'm about or whatever he says. And then like he leaves. And then of course the next scene that we get is like or not the next scene that we get but the like button of that story is that you hear this gunshot at the very end of the movie and i love how you also see like the point of views of everybody and like how it hits every person in a different way um Mm -hmm. i know the mina suvari one where she's in the bathroom because she had just finished talking to lester yes um um, her her reaction to the gunshot sort of sticks with me the the most yeah same just just like the way that 
like she like snaps her head and you see her eyes just like what was that you know yeah and the way like yeah the way her head turns is kind of like huh yeah and just all of the and i like how you see like ricky and jane are like in the bed and then they like kind of get they like start they like get up you know dart up when they hear it and then i just i love all those different points of view and it also reminds me very much of the first episode of six feet under oh um, yeah sure where Absolutely. where you get that that kind of moment too and not to bring it up all the time but like it's such a fucking stellar show yeah um it's not as morbid as people would think but it, it's really like deep it really yeah makes you like think about life in a different I mean, way i mean the humor is like very similar to this this movie you know like mm-hmm. it's you know it's um very like just like reflective of life you know but it's you know it's 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 dark it's still really funny yeah <laughs> so. it's, re- it's so interesting and there's lots yeah. of great character development too and it's like oh not to mention michael c hall everyone knows as dexter this is how i first saw him oh yeah that and guy <laughs> yeah so it's really a lot of people know dexter so well yeah michael c hall is in this um yeah which is pretty big and then Francis Conroy, who's in a lot of American Horror Story, and Lauren Ambrose, who's going to be in Yellow Jackets season two, Ooh. which I can't wait. Um, and then Peter Krause, who's in a few things. And then, um, and then my frankly, my favorite character in Six Feet Under is just like Brenda, just like just oh like yeah, her, I love Brenda, just, just like her character's journey from like the first for like the first few seasons is just like incredible. Like, <laughs> I love that her and Nate. I think it's their relationship. It's like that fight they have in the end of season two. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is so, so good. Like they're, I don't know who my favorite character, my favorite character might be Billy. Yeah. yeah. I love Billy. He also has like an incredible like range in his, mm-hmm. in his character throughout the entire show. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as the main people, like I love Claire. I just relate to Claire. Yeah. Me too. So, so much. So yeah, I love her. And Kathy Bates, like Patricia Clarkson, like there's so many characters that are so great. Um, yeah, I love um, Patricia Clarkson in it um, too. My like, I think my favorite what the what the fuck moment was when like Rain Wilson comes in for like a series. Of oh episodes. yeah, like, Arthur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is kind of weird. There are a lot of but, people in it because HBO. And, yeah, and just his relationship with Claire is just, like so. It's just like, I, I love it so much. It's like, so funny. No, no, with uh, with with Ruth. Not oh, with Ruth. Ruth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> How they like just like hold and like squeeze each other, and they're like, "Okay, that's it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she gets all flustered, and she like, I love how she like finds him like so attractive. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. I also I mean, love when Ruth does that like self help seminar. Yeah. <laughs> the plan. <laughs> um, I need to change my foundation. I need to start building walls. And there's a crack in my foundation. <laughs> I'm speaking fiercely from the eye. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, um, oh, I have to bring a jar because I can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> they're all like, what? <laughs> so um, funny. There's like also a scene, I think in season one, when um, Ruth is like in her like flower arranging class. And oh, yeah. She like gets in this like zone where she's like breathing from the diaphragm. And she's like in this like mode where she is like just a, like arranging flowers like furiously and all the other women in the class are like holy shit <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> yeah she just like goes into like a trance and starts yeah. doing it it's so funny <laughs> god and moral of the story is go watch six feet under <laughs> it's yes. great we're probably gonna talk about it on patreon at some point 
Um, do you have any other uh, scenes or quotes? Um, you know, just um, the last like twenty five, you know, twenty twenty five minutes, minutes of this movie are rough, but I um, just because you see how much is going on in that house at once, like just the stuff with like Ricky and his dad and stuff with like Angela and, you know, with Lester and with, you know, like Ricky and Jane and Angela together. It's just a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, then um, just um, Lester's final like speech as he's closing out the movie is just, is just done so well. Yeah, it is. It's it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, the writing is is just so beautiful. And I um, like how he talks about like what, you know, the end of life is what you've always heard. It's like this life, your life flashes before your eyes. But I like how he says like, you know, um, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm sure. But don't worry. You will someday. Yeah. Like it seems yeah. like um, it seems also like Alan Ball is really into like studying like life as a, like, as a cycle. And, yeah. Like, what yeah. that means, you know, like cause he explores that in Six Feet Under. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the basis of the show. It's yeah. like the cycle of life and like and, how people's you know, lives and and to to a certain extent in in like in like in uh in the series True Blood too. Yeah, so, I was gonna say True yeah. Blood's the same way in a campier way, but yeah, that is ex- essentially what it is, and like mortality yeah. and like what all that means. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone go watch uh, Summer Lovers with Peter Gallagher. And, yeah, um, um, I'm uh staring at a picture of him right now where he's um you know has no shirt on his chest just glistening and his hair is wet and he's and holding binoculars and he has on like a disc man it's <laughs> pretty great it is it is a image i don't ever want to leave i mean you're welcome and everyone <laughs> out there just go watch this like essentially like erotic thriller but who cares it's a young peter gallagher yeah, <laughs> that's all yeah. you need to know it's great <laughs> We're, we'll cover it on a backtrack maybe during Maybe it'll be like a surprise February episode since yeah. that's the that's the lover month. But we are doing um nine and a half weeks this month though. So maybe for Yay. February of twenty three we'll do this for backtrack. Yeah. We'll do summer lovers since it's good old Sandy Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, do you have anything else like to say about this movie? I mean, I hope everyone um, likes this episode. I hope you don't let um just like yes, kind of I, awful people sway you from seeing it because he does suck. But well, it's a great I well movie. when he first proposed this movie, I was initially kind of like hesitant to do it. But then when I started watching, I just had forgotten how much of of of, of, the, of this movie I really love. And yeah, you know, like I mean, yes, there are there. You know, Kevin Spacey is in it, but there's also a lot of good parts to it too. Yeah, and, I think it also does kind of a disservice if we ignore all these other performances that are just yeah. so great um in this film yeah absolutely yeah he's not the only one if it was all just him then i know but there are other people that just work so well and you know i mean i mean the truth is i mean he does a great job too you know yeah i mean mean, two things are true at once as we've seen with all these fucking people yeah out there that like they've made these good movies doesn't make the movie any less good but like you find out you know different things way later but i think we also have that um i forgot what it's called like is it Mandela effect? I forgot. Cause because we saw it at a time where that's not what we knew. Mm-hmm. So when we watch it again, we don't, I don't think of current times. Like I think of when I watched this in the two thousands. Yeah, sure. I just don't yeah. have the same no. correlation. Now it's different. I watched house of cards, but it was tough because that yeah. was at that point I, I knew about the situation and I was kind of like, ugh, 
this was like around that time and yes how all that was yes. happening and and it was it i didn't know about it then you know so it's how yeah. everyone feels about johnny depp you know it's like he's a great actor but it doesn't mean like two things can't be true you can still be a shitty person and a great actor i mean yeah exactly it's kind of how it happens so unfortunately it didn't age well with him but the film is still a great comment on life and just like change and just everything it's just it's really it good it's really good yeah so i hope people see it and yeah i hope you enjoy this episode and next week we're probably gonna do something else i don't know i mean i don't know when i'm doing clockwork orange sometime in november but who knows what i'm doing next week i have no idea oh but cool. yeah tune in and we'll see you later bye bye